Hi, everybody. I'm Bernie. And welcome to the 400th episode of, what's it called? Just Cow in the City, right? Four, 400 quality episodes. He made me say that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Just Cow in the City. When I say exciting, it is exciting. It's the 400th episode of Just Cow in the City. And hello, I'm also doing a video podcast at the same time. I figured, you know, let's do that. Let's do something different. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, not just at the $10 level today, we'll send it out to everybody with $5 level, the $3 level, whatever it is, you get this video post the uh, podcast as well, where I'll be showing uh, pictures of everything during the podcast like we used to do on YouTube. And then I realized, yeah, what's the point of that? So uh, we have it all mixed up, but that's what we're going to do today. Hello. And that was uh, Bernie at the beginning, uh, very kind, uh, my, uh, my dog that I have here. And as you can see behind me, if you are watching the video podcast, uh, that is Mistletoe from A Royal Corgi Christmas from the Hallmark movie, and I decided to put him up. I don't know why on the 400, because he's adorable. And of course, Bernie takes major offense that nobody cares if you're not watching it. But if you are watching it, then <laughs> yeah, what's up? Anyway, we got a great show for you today on the 400th podcast episode of Just Out in the City, the Nightfly, and the Spread combined, but mostly just Just Out in the City. You know how it is, Just Just Out. That's what I'm going to call it after January 1st. Just, just count. What's happening, everybody? No. So, um, anyway, right. This is the show. I'm all, I'm very excited about it. And so Alex Sulkin is coming in today. And thank you, Marcy, for the idea. Family Guy, the TV show uh, I love, and hopefully you do too, because we all have the same sense of humor, uh, is doing, or just did, their 400th episode last Sunday. So why not have a guy on? talk about his 400th episode and we'll talk about my 400th episode and uh, we'll have a good time in, the, in, in between <laughs> how are you how are you everybody so why don't we what, what should we do how should we do this uh, uh should we start out with just uh, nonsense and then move on to alex Sulkin in the middle or should we just go to alec you know what why don't we just uh let me give him a call and see if he's available and why don't we just open with our interview with alex Sulkin? Get this 400 thing going, and then we'll go into our usual nonsense as if it's just another episode. All right. Yeah, let's do that. We'll be right back. The Just Gow in the City 400th episode will continue after these messages. The San Pedro Beach Bums. B-U-M-S Bums. What is it? Police dog. They're cunning. He's undercover. Oh, boy. But they get a surprise from Charlie's Angels, the San Pedro Beach Bums, right before 49ers versus Steelers on NFL football. Hello, everybody. This is the big uh, 400th Just Cow in the City episode. And I am so fortunate enough to have somebody on who's sharing another 400th milestone, but in a much more fashionable way, Alex Sulkin, the co-showrunner, the co-showrunner and executive producer of Family Guy. I got that completely right this time. You nailed it. <laughs> Pleasure to be here, Dave. Congratulations. <laughs> well, mine's more of a joke, but, uh, <laughs> but it's 400. I know. I can't believe it. 400 that nobody cares about. And they prefer, <laughs> apparently they made a big deal about yours. Yeah. Um, which like Ted, it was like Ted Williams during the DiMaggio hitting streak. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like that. Uh, no, I, first of all, seriously, congratulations on 400 episodes of a show that I love and worship and really just the quality is never bad. We've talked about this a hundred times where you've been on my show before and stuff that, you know, any TV show at this point that can give three good belly laughs in one episode every time is a hit. Yes, I agree. I thank you. You you've always been a very outspoken fan, which I appreciate. And it fits right into our demo of 14 year old boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately you guys are around my age, so I get a lot of the gags and it's, you get them. We, we've also talked about that before. You can't believe some people get, the, the gags like no, you know, when no. you're making Fonzie references stuff yeah we show the entire intro to the Hudson brothers so. that's right <laughs> and I am the only one who knew that one yeah check out my new Sully Sullenberger hat 
And tell Kate to clear the runway, because I'm going down on the Hudson. The, the Hudson brothers? No. Who are they? Oh, we've got a short clip. Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show, starring Bill, Mark, and Brett, the Hudson Brothers, with Ken Ziegler, Billy Van, and Peter Cullen, Murray Langston and Freeman King, Avril Chow, the Bear, and Rod Hull and his extraordinary Australian emu. Sets lights and all sorts of fun things on the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. Yeah. I remember the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dower Hour, Razzle Dazzle Hour so well because I knew everything about Saturday morning TV. Of course, then when I found out that guy was uh, married to Goldie Hawn, there was a, yeah. I was like, wait, wait, what? That, that guy. Uh, so I know so much about, and I don't know whether it was local on Saturday morning TV. I know so much about it because I was yeah. obsessed. Um, there was a show here, and I don't think, because you grew up around the Boston area, right? Right. There was a show called The Patchwork Family. I don't think it was anywhere else, and it was on every Saturday and Sunday at 7 o'clock. They had a, an amazing theme song that I could sing to this day, and I think it took place out of Rutgers, and you can't find it anywhere. Let's hear the theme. We are looking for you as a member of the Patrick family. There's plenty to do as a member of the Patrick family. We are looking for sisters and brothers and all sorts of others, like nieces, nephews, uncles, cousins. We need members by the dozens. I, I, it's, wow. Yeah, I off the top of my head. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and it was this girl, this woman, Carol Corbett, who I looked up. I think she has a scene in the apartment. Ooh. I think she plays a secretary in the movie The Apartment, the Oscar-winning movie The wow. Apartment. And she was the host, and with the puppet was named Rags. And he was yeah. just, and and the, she was just, you know, putting her elbow on the you know on the desk, and she Rags was bad, the puppet, and he loved jelly she a, beans. She had a bad agent. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like sexy, you know, because you know, I was like five and she turned me on because uh, you know, she had red hair and she was kind of cute. But um, but Rags would eat like the Cookie Monster would eat jelly beans and they'd all fall out of his mouth because he's you know he's a puppet, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a mouth hole. Yeah, it's Cookie Monster. But I think they had all these professors from Rutgers as the kind of guests, like they had music professors and art professors. That that's why it's like as a kid again. I'm doing my own research as a seven year old watching the credits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and always wondering where these professors yeah. were where they came Whoa. from how they got a tv show i was so jealous <laughs> sounds like a tri-state area thing i guess so too bad because yeah. uh it was it was it was a pretty good show. oh and they also used to have rebuses that's how i found out about rebuses every every five minutes they'd put up the rebus you had to guess the rebus you know like you know what that is right the or um uh, where you have it's 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 like the end of concentration, the game concentration, yeah. and there was a rebus underneath after you could match the things where uh, okay, so it's um how do you describe something like it's it's pictures and you have to figure out the sentence. So if it says, I know what you did last summer, it would be I, a picture of an eye, somebody's oh, eye. Oh, got it. Okay. And the no might be no, but uh, you know, then then it just pieces together yeah. summer would be some you know like an equal sign or something right and then myrrh right. would be christmas something and you have to guess out of the pictures we turned this into the worst twenty five thousand dollar pyramid ever <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm sorry i was obsessed with the show it's funny but um this is the kind of stuff i've been talking about on my podcast for years so it works for me but uh i just have uh a couple of questions, if you don't mind, sure. about the, the 400th episode of Jeez. yours, which um, shoot, called Get Stewie. Like, number one, and first, oh, what was the thing that made me laugh the most? Um, oh, it's not the most obvious thing. I wrote it down. <laughs> I remember I got up and got a pen because <laughs> it was <laughs> the most obvious thing, which will always make you laugh. Like, you did the Gilligan's Island. There is no way 
you can get me into that car and get me to that concert. <laughs> and then you just cut to Stewie opening the can of dog food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, the classics still work. Oh, God, yes. We love and we like to pretend when we're writing it like, oh, we're making fun of it. But we're really just putting it out there <laughs> right, for exactly. real. Because <laughs> exactly. it still works. As you say, the, the smash cut. The smash cut will if work for me. you think there's any <laughs> chance <laughs> that I will be wearing a red hat at that parade. <laughs> oh, yes. That's the stuff we grew up on. That's why you're so successful on doing that show we we got it when we were children and, totally. and got the gag of that being a gag yes you know and and it's like when you're young and you kind of get that kind of comedy which was written by adults yeah technically for adults but you get it as a kid it's like special totally couldn't right? agree you're like in on the joke yep yep and i bet you there's a whole bunch of people that are growing up that have already grown up because it's been on for 20 years who feel that way about family guy they're like you I know to be so. in on the joke yeah it's the best it's the best it's the best and now there's really no excuse for not being in on the joke because you can you can google anything and whereas you know when we were watching looney tunes as kids and some uh character comes out like looking like edward g robinson it's like we had to figure that out you know? right uh one of my favorite examples which i do all the time uh is when Bugs Bunny comes up to Elmer Fudd and covers his eyes and he says, guess who? And he goes, Olivia de Havilland? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and Guess who? Um, uh, Eddie Wilmore? Nope. Uh, Bob Westanwick? Uh-uh. Rosemary Wayne? Nope. Uh, Olivia Davilant. Nope, but you're getting warmer. You know, if you're six in 1970, you're like, why would he guess Olivia de Havilland? So, right. Anybody that's ever done that to me. You know? right. Olivia de Havilland? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember they threw out Gina Lola Brigida. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one of the things, and I was like, who the hell is that? And then you find out who it is. You're like, right. You're laughing at it anyway because the name is funny. Yeah. And then you find out years later who it is. But right, we didn't have the the ways to Google or find out something. I guess you could ask no. your parents, but um no, you know, yeah. it's funny when I, I when I was uh going into third grade, my parents put me into like a fancy private school. And I remember I had to go and have an interview, and I'm in second grade, and I had to interview with this fancy private school person. And Behind him, we were in this wood paneled office and he's at a big desk and my mom is there like behind me, you know, like I'm taking a driver's test, but I'm like, you know, this little kid, eight year old. And behind the interviewer was a big portrait of William Shakespeare, a big painting. And at, at some time in the middle of the interview, he just said casually, he said, do you know who this is in this picture? And I said, that's William Shakespeare. And, you know, I could feel my mom being impressed, the guy being impressed. And he was like, wow. He's like, you're right. How did you know that? I said, from Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then your mom slowly gets less I, impressed. Right? I know. Mom's <laughs> slapping her head. Yeah, but we learned so much stuff. First of all, uh, I don't know whether you know this, but I'm teaching a class at uh, Montclair yeah. State University. God damn it. I was taking you a, did a spit take. Could have done a spit take. <laughs> I am teaching a class at a college here in Jersey um, about the movie Clueless. Really? Yeah. About how it's based on uh, Much Ado. Emma. Emma. Emma, the, Emma but but, right. but mostly because I think it's very well written. I, I've talked to Amy Heckerling about it, and I want to talk about writing movie, write, screenwriting of movies you don't think have excellent writing in them. Yes, that's that's cool. Yeah, it, it should be really fun. I'm really good doing it right after uh, Martin Luther King Day. It starts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. So, but well, as a comic, one of the things, a, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, as a comic, you should be used to heckling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I was going to show the kids, I guess, is Bugs Bunny. Yeah, it, you know, because there's so many. It's th that writing. After Bugs Bunny, they didn't have cartoons until The Simpsons came up and then yours, 
and South Park, of course, these these right. ones that just the writing was impeccable. Right. You know, we we said through 20 years of shit of Hanna-Barbera crap yeah. where, where they didn't even give a shit. They used the same background for 20 minutes. Uh, exactly. They just phoned it in. I'd like to yeah. do a whole podcast about it. every Hanna-Barbera show is just the absolute worst. Yeah. They made pretty much six episodes of a show and just re-ran it, re-ran it. Yeah. They treated us like pieces of crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you go to something that was written in the goddamn 40s, when animation took, you know, years to do. Yeah. And it's so, and they concentrated on the writing in these old Bugs Bunny ones. Ugh. My friend Chris Murphy and I talk about uh, recently. We we bring back once once in a while. What we're talking about now is one with Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam, and they're playing cards to see who has got to get out of town. And he's like, uh, "Come on, come on!" And he's like, "I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Don't rush me." Yosemite Sam, and he goes, and then there's a pause. He goes, and my head hurts. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's, it's a just, very it's a subtle joke for exactly it's so we always say and my head hurts <laughs> <laughs> i mean but you know and we know the other really good writing and again the the call to the movie stars now it's even more fun knowing who these stars are from the 30s and 40s yeah. and you yep. know when they are using that kind of yeah, Peter Laurie and Edward G. Robinson and then Jimmy Stewart. And you know, it's all yeah. so interesting to know. And you 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 got it then. You understood that, like, okay, this is supposed to be somebody famous. Right. And then you would just kind of piece it together. You'd figure it out. And maybe you'd see a bit of a movie with your dad or something. And like it would another clue would fall into place. You'd be like, that's what they're talking it about. It is exactly uh, like the Shakespeare thing you just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's uh so that's another example of some quality writing you're not thinking about and you know now they're all on HBO Max so you can see them but yep. yeah that was stuff there's um a bunch of you know I'd like to even talk about Ted but I don't know whether they'll let me do that anymore you know and school cuz who oh it, oh it, yeah. who knows this day yeah. and age with 18 yeah. 19 year olds if you're allowed to I mean that's the thing could you make a Ted no today right and that's only what eight years ago that's no, like 10 10 this Unbelievable, summer. right yeah 10 years 2013 right 2012 yeah. 2013 yep yeah it's uh but it, it's true yeah the just the the way things have shifted uh you couldn't do some of the stuff that was in the original ted that uh, the the thing with the the chinese neighbor leaps to mind oh, right right yeah, yeah exactly um, uh which is but but right. yeah, you know, so I think some some change is okay. And like that's listen, you you've been doing it for years and years, so you know, it's like when you're in comedy, you have to be able to move a little bit. Like, you know, it's Adapt. nice to it's nice to be wistful about stuff you can't say anymore, you can't do anymore, but you know you can't and you got to be funny in some other way. So it's it's almost like the sort of the uh, low rent version of Apollo 13, you know, where we have to land this comedy set back on <laughs> Earth with duct tape and whatever the hell's available. I suppose that's true. I mean, you know, I've certainly talked to David Tell multiple times about how he's had to change and yeah. been very up. But, you know, he's good at this. Right. But he can't do some of the things he was doing, which right. were brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, he's the one of the best comics around. Yeah, and then there are people like Bill Burr who get grandfathered in because everybody loves it when he's incredibly offensive. You know, right? Like, right. Everybody's just decided this is the guy we're going to let say anything. I was kind of hoping it was going to be me, but I guess I didn't make the cut. So <laughs> you have too much hair. <laughs> I have to take a lot of out of my repertoire. But uh, just a, a couple questions about the 400th uh, episode in the sense number one, were you totally like, first of all, there was. Besides the articles and the had a, like a premiere, which was lovely to see you at the, you know, you have a really good picture of you in that and everything. And, and but the, when the show aired, it didn't say. And now the 400th episode, like you'd think even the announcer would be like, stay tuned for the 400th. There was no pomp and circumstance about it. It was just a regular episode. Yeah. Oh, why? Why didn't you well, go for it? Because I think everything now is is. Oh, you mean like to have even Peter at the beginning of the episode? Yeah, something, okay. something a different, uh, like the a different opening. I, in the I sense think of it, one, I, you know, you've only done that different opening like three times with uh, Stewie forgetting the the pumpkin pie and the, yeah, right. The, that uh, the s the, the 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 one that Peter had slept with, I think, or somebody or oh, remember, right, right, the dancer came down the. That's thing. right. So I was 
expecting maybe the 400th would have something like you've only done it like three times seem worthwhile <laughs> yeah i guess it's interesting because with something like a 400th episode or or you know knock on wood like a 500th i think there just becomes like a general awareness that it's coming like like a season and a half beforehand we sort of make a mental note like oh around you know sort of october of 2022 20, uh, is going to be the 400th and then we just start to think like what episode would be good for that you know like do we have one that feels like a little bit more elevated or something like that and, and as it happened with this one that we chose for the 400th it was an idea that came from Seth himself and he doesn't often do that anymore you know we maybe once every two or three seasons he'll chime in with like a one sentence idea and so that's what happened with with this episode he had chimed in with an idea it was a stewie episode so we figured seth's idea featuring stewie let's let's use that one and also you've told me before i mean it takes about a year to make these Ooh. things and you have to be you know very like let's hope this is a thing a year from now and yeah. boy was it relevant it's obviously what can happen uh just uh you know by one bad social media you know tweet to which was misunderstood by a by you know what taylor swift or selena gomez and then their fans or britney spears great example just yep. chew you out and destroy your life uh by a mistake and and you know that's that makes your 400th episode as if it's your first episode of making it completely relevant and prolific oh well that's nice to hear yeah it, it worked out i mean listen when he when he pitched that idea it seemed like one of those things that was going to be relevant a year from then, you know, and, and of course it, it sure. turns out that it was, and especially now with the state of Twitter and everything, it's just that, that topic is, you got, almost got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> right. Way. Yes. That, that Twitter's a disaster. The world right? is crumbling. <laughs> that helps us. <laughs> I know but it's such a good, uh, there were so many good lines. Um, when uh, Stewie was, when they, he was, we got to get out of here. The fans are going to do. She posted a picture of him on the screen and then they have to stop at the coat check. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what is the coat he's asking for? Oh, yeah. He's asking for like some very hilariously specific, like tartan lined Burberry, <laughs> you know, something. And he keeps some... saying, he's like, are you telling me someone else has a tartan lined Burberry? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's like, well, I assume you have my umbrella over there. <laughs> yeah. my ivory handled umbrella yeah right. no that, that those are always fun you know the, ple uh, the pleather what we have the your pleather jacket with all the nfl football teams on <laughs> it's like that's mine that's mine yeah. right you have a pleather jacket with all the nfl football teams on. yeah <laughs> yeah that that was great and also the making fun which i've uh been talking about for years of that imagine video that came out while we were under covid from gal gadot Oh. And it was, and he's like, well, I'm going to make a video like that, but not in a $300,000 kitchen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember that video. Cause I remember being like, like everybody else being like, boy, this is so pretentious. But the funny thing is that no one blamed Gal Gadot. No, because we don't find, you know, we just like, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's just gorgeous. So she gets I a know. pass. Everyone else in that video needs to be held accounted for I including know. our friend sarah silver uh, that's right yeah she was in that doesn't get mentioned on her podcast very often <laughs> well i'm gonna bring it up since uh, good. her birthday just passed meanwhile uh just really quickly because i'm gonna let you i know you're busy um uh so we we sarah and i were watching the Lindsay lohan christmas movie together <laughs> which is you know fun. yeah as one does right <laughs> and i said i don't know whether you know this but um Alex Sulkin is a really terrific whistler <laughs> because uh, for those yes. of you who don't know who will find out on my Billy Joel podcast, Alex Sulkin, we asked people to send in their best whistles for the song, the stranger and Alex sent me one and it's, it's unbelievable. It's so <laughs> crisp and clear. And she goes, Oh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot to tell you. I, I forgot to tell you. Alec is an amazing whistle. Like, like it came back to her that you're a really excellent whistler. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It was really like, funny. That's so funny. And, and just the idea that that would be something she forgot to tell you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or, or it was yeah, that and just like, uh, oh yeah, I never told you. That's yeah. something like, it was one of those like, uh, 
No, uh, you, you never brought it up. And I can't yeah. believe we've been friends for like 30 years. What the fuck is the matter with you? You don't bring up, you know, I'm friends with Alec. You don't bring up. He's an amazing Whistler. How do you think I felt? I'm embarrassed, Sarah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the flourish you put into it and everything. It was oh, so amazing. I was I was proud of that. I nailed it. You know, it's funny because I'm sure you've now been doing this podcast. You do your very funny, great Billy Joel podcast. And I'm sure you've had occasion, maybe in the in the scope of that, to whistle some at some point into the microphone, and it it doesn't work. It, no. You lose it in your ears, and it all goes to shit. So when you can sit alone and just record it on your phone, like then I was I was really into it. Yeah, that's it was amazing. Yeah, you whistle into the mic, and it just goes. It's like a dog thing, you know. Yeah. Not, did it happen? I, I know. know. You know. Right. I don't know how it sounded. Uh, one other thing about the episode. Mm-hmm. When um, uh, uh, Chris gets struck by lightning, does he say Rob Riggle? Yes. Oh, it is Rob Riggle. <laughs> I thought that's what I heard. And I'm like, no, well, I'll ask him tomorrow. But I, yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> it just, it's funny that. Um, so the episode was written by Artie Johan, who's one of our absolutely best writers. He writes a lot of the big uh, episodes. Um but that was something he put in. He had that in his in his first draft. You know, when he's getting struck by lightning, Rob Riggle. I think there was a second one that we took out because the Rob Riggle was funnier. But it was it was very funny. It made us laugh. Uh, okay, so just one last thing, if you yeah. don't mind. No, nope. I just found I just found this out today. I did not know this. Okay. Um, as you know, because I've had Alec on this podcast before. He wrote the Blue Harvest episode, which is a staple of Family Guy, probably. A lot of the reason it's made it to 400 episodes because that was maybe after 100 episodes or something. And, you know, then it's like, wow, they've done something really different. And, right, you know, this is amazing. And everybody knows that's that's how you and I became friends just because after the second one, when I found out you were the ice guy. And then <laughs> I was like, what? That's my favorite guy. <laughs> my favorite line. Um, but I just found out today that you went to Skywalker Ranch, watched the episode you made and wrote with George Lucas. Absolutely. I never knew that. Wow. I'm I'm surprised. I like to bring that up often. Um, I would assume you would. That's why I was shocked. This is like the whistling thing all over again. Why couldn't you tell me? I have. I know. Sarah, how did you not tell me that Alex sat near George Lucas? Um, No, it was awesome because as you know, the world was different then and, and, uh, Lucasfilm had not yet been acquired by Disney. Right. So it was still just Lucasfilm. And they gave us permission to do this Star Wars thing. And we're incredibly generous. Let us use the music, music yeah. sound effects, you know, everything they let us use. And then when it was done, I don't even know who put it together, but somehow it was put together that, oh, we're going to go, me, Seth, our head of production, Caravallo, the director of that episode, Don Polcino, and like a couple other people were going to fly up to San Francisco, go to Lucasfilm, meet him, and then watch it with him. And that all happened. Like it just, right. You were like, Oh, come on. I mean, some of it'll happen. I know. Even, even as like, I'm, you know, until he walked into the room, I was certain it wasn't going to happen, but it happened. I have a great picture of me with him. We watched the episode. He laughed the whole time. Wow. Like it was just, it was like me. And he had a, obviously a real theater. So it was me sitting here. Seth is next to me and George Lucas is on the other side of him. And I, I can just hear George Lucas just laughing at, at everything with his little chuckles. And, you know, and when it was done, he, you know, said, oh, it's just great. Great. I loved it. I loved it. It was so funny. <laughs> and, and then he said, you know, I have to go do whatever the hell he was doing. He said, but I want, you know, you guys can use my theater. You can watch, you know, any any Star Wars movie you guys want. And and of course, Seth and I instantly chose Empire. So we sat and watched Empire there. And when we said Empire, he said this thing or no, when he was offering, it was very funny and so telling of like, it doesn't matter how successful you are. You have a sort of an awareness about yourself. He was offering you know, you can watch any Star Wars movie you want. He goes, I know the uh, the, the prequels aren't as good, but you can watch them everywhere. He said that. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> he said it out loud. And it was, wow. You know, I thought it was very, it, it showed that he wasn't totally blinded by yes men or whatever. Like he, he had some awareness. of That's 
great because I've been upset about that for like, does he not have any awareness? So this is really good that he's an okay guy, I guess. Yes, yes. Uh, so you're sitting there watching Empire Strikes Back in George Lucas's movie theater. You must have been so excited, like we got to do now. We got to do this, <laughs> and you must have just gotten so many ideas that day. <clears throat> I think or that's right. when you ended up doing the second one. I think that's right. What's I the think- second one called? It's called something, something, something dark side. Oh, that's right. And the third yeah. one was called don't, don't wait. Don't tell me it's a, uh, I think you change you. What's it? It's a, uh, oh, I got a bad, I, I got a bad feeling about this, but you changed it, right? It didn't end up being that title or was that the title? <clears throat> the third, the Return of right. the Jedi. That sounds right. I can't remember either what it was, but that sounds right. I got a bad feel. We got I remember bad- something being in your office and you had it written on the board and I thought you had changed because I'm like, oh my god, that's hilarious. We got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. I thought you changed it for some reason. We might have. Time. We might have something, but, something, something. Dark side is is. But my- how great is it to just be in that theater and you must have gotten just left there that whole day and just being like, not only did we meet your looks and do this and watch the movie he made that made us this way we are, yeah. And, but now we have ideas and wow, it was, that's, it was awesome. It was fantastic. That's fan. That is a great story i can't believe i never heard it and thank you for premiering it for my uh listeners on my my 400th definitely but uh thank you so much for taking time out and just coming on i didn't want to keep you because you're so polite and nice to this show and the billy joel one you know obviously i would like you as a person anyway so (laughs) you too and and i'm a fan of your writing as well so well back at you i think you're hilarious Thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alec, for being on the show. I really Thank appreciate you for it. having and, uh, me. Congratulations. Thank you. You too. The Just Gow in the City 400th episode will continue after these messages. Hi, I'm Peter Griffin of the New England Patriots. I'm here to kick off the touchdown of savings weekend at Wilkins Hyundai and Subaru. We will blitz the competition, and in no time, you'll be driving your new Hyundai or Subaru right to a touchdown. At Wilkins Hyundai and Subaru, we have Hyundais and Subarus. Boy, this is a guy that gets it. Am I right? Alex Sulkin is fantastic. He's a great guy. He gets all the comedy we like. He gets the Bugs Bunny. He gets the, you know, whatever, the Love Boat episode. I mean, it's just... Really terrific. By the way, today, if uh, you are watching the video, I finally found the footage. I hadn't shown it ever of me, David Tell and Gilbert Gottfried. I'd saving it for a bonus show, but I didn't know how the bonus show was going to work. I taped it two years ago. Me, Gilbert Gottfried, the late Gilbert Gottfried. It makes it sad and funny at the same time. And David Tell watching the uh, the beginning of the love boat credits um it's, it's just you know you can see our pictures in the back and i'll i'm going to show it to you well i'll show it to you right now actually again if you're watching the video it's really exciting but you'll you'll see the laughter uh, or you'll hear us uh, laughing in the middle here. okay so this is from the 300th episode but you never got to see this part that's okay it really is 30 yeah. seconds piece. So here's uh, one of the Love Boat openings I, I know you guys are going to like. <laughs> Love. Exciting and new. Come aboard. <laughs> We're expecting you. Yeah. Life's sweetest. Dream. Yeah, that was it. It had all our favorites in it. <laughs> Everybody in there was dead except for the Lander sister, I think. <laughs> yeah. Wait, here's another one. Death boat. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. Let me just. If you're just listening to it on, um, on spotify or whatever you're listening to it i'll just tell you who was on it um and that's why we were if you see gilbert's face to the right it's so cute and again him being gone uh, makes it worse so it's yeah so here it is again let me just uh play it for you I'll, I'll turn the sound off so i can just watch it it's sunny bono charlie Callis, 
Grant Goodeve from what age is enough, Marty Ingalls, Judy Landers, who was on Love Boat every other hour, Ron Palillo makes this head turn, which is hilarious, Fred Travelina, and Abe Vigoda. I mean, it was an all star, unbelievable thing that I was like, I thought it would be funny to watch Gilbert and Dave's reaction watching it. And then I don't know, I just never aired it. And, uh, you know, how to, how to air it on a podcast probably isn't the best way, but if you are watching the video, then it is kind of fun. I was thinking, do I just save it for the regular bonus material? But I don't know. It's the 400th episode. We're just kind of going for it. And, you know, if you want to uh, see it, uh, just uh, spend $3 on Patreon. It's not that big a deal. I'm not trying to make you do it. I'm just saying I had this footage for, my listeners and whether to show it that's all so i'll just tell you quickly about certain things and then you know we probably call it a day and just move on so we get to the 401st and just forget this ever happened but uh i called a therapist this week i got very depressed well i've been very depressed right and i know i need help and I called the therapist, and because you know, I'll tell you what happened on Wednesday. Remember, I was supposed to meet those girls in my office. We were supposed to talk about the Lindsay Lohan movie. Well, they didn't show up that day, and I got so upset, like a child. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I just got so sad. It was ridiculous. I clearly have abandonment issues. So I called a, a woman that was recommended to me by my doctor, my regular. Uh, what do you call an internist doctor? And I called her and she was very nice. And she picked up her own phone. It was like Kismic. She's like, I usually don't answer my own phone, but this is nice to talk to you and everything. And we were setting it up. And then you sound perfect. Apparently her office is down the block. She's free on Fridays, which are good for me. Like everything was good. And then she goes, yeah. So it's $350 a session. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. What did you say? $350 session. Now, I think that's fairly normal for New York, but I mean, that's insane. So she's not in my insurance network. And I have a feeling all those doctors or whatever they are all charge about $350, $400 a session. And then I was thinking to myself, obviously, I can't afford that and I can't afford her. And then I was thinking all these people that are talking about gun control, right? And the Republicans that want to keep, they don't want to do anything about it. They say it's a mental health issue. It's not gun problems. And I say, well, if there is a mental health issue in this country, which there is, these therapists are such horrible human beings. They're not trying to help the problem at all. If you're charging somebody who's insane $350 a session, remember that's a session. It's not an hour, it's probably 45 minutes. So they didn't cut your 15 minutes short, 350. How are we going to solve the mental health issue in this country? You know, there's got to be people available that charge less so only rich people can get therapy is what it comes down to and it's a pretty bad statement for this entire country and this is why i've always been very angry at therapists and really they should be uh held accountable for for just being horrible people i felt this way for a long time i guess i was just hoping i was going to get lucky and somebody was just going to take insurance and none of them taking insurance kind of like my doctor with his stupid concierge shit and everybody's just pulling a fast one and all these medical people really actually don't want to help people oh i just like helping people do you because charging 350 dollars if you're going once a week and god forbid you're going twice a week that's not helping anybody especially if i have to go there to be like i have a lot of financial issues it's one of the things i want to talk about in therapy well, my $350 charge a session should uh, really give you some insight into what's wrong with your finances. Yes, I guess it should. Well, that's a fine how do you do. So I was pretty upset about that. Now, meanwhile, on Wednesday, I went out with this girl. I met this girl. I got upset about that, too, because I was like, why am I doing this? So I met her at 9 o'clock at night, right, because she had a class that she was going to. And I said, I'll meet you at 9 o'clock. It was just this new girl that I met, this comedian who... I think I told you last week, I'm like, I got to decide whether I like her because she's pretty or whether she's actually funny. But she sent me a couple of drawing uh, things she draws uh, or paints. And she sent me a couple of videos that she made that are, I think, really funny. I can have her on the show one time and play them for you and you'll judge for yourself. It's really good. It's fun. They're fun. Anyway, I met her. She said, I'll meet you at nine o'clock. So we go out and uh, I get a beer. 
and she has some cider. And then at 10 o'clock, she's like, I got to go. And I'm like, what? Now, that's the last two times we've hung out. She had to go, but it was just like, oh, let's just get a beer. You know, we didn't we didn't have any plans this time. We had specific plans. She goes, I got to go. And I'm like, wait, you got to go at 10 o'clock. Like, why didn't you tell me I have an hour? Like, I went home. I told you I didn't have anything to do until nine. I'll find something to do. And then I came and you know where I live. And I came all the way to Penn Station to see for now. Like, why didn't you just say I have an hour? I would have said, let's do it another time when you have more time. And she's like, well, I thought an hour would have been enough. I'm like, no, I just I was wanted to order another beer. I thought we were having a good time. We're having a good conversation. I was furious. I think that's a dick move. I, I, I just like, um, you know, I, I just don't understand why. I mean, I understand planning something else, but just like, just let me know in advance. So then I know I'm like, look, an hour. I don't think it's good enough. Uh, you know, I mean, if we're having a good time, why can't we hang out more? But even if I knew. I like I have two hours that makes sense, but an hour that's like, what, what is this? A, a therapy session? My time is up. I was really upset about that too. And that's when I realized I, I think I had to call somebody because I'm getting upset about these abandonment issues. I'm doing uh, there. The, the air quotes there that I uh, definitely, I believe need some uh, help, let alone, uh, you know, everybody's been showing their Spotify a list of what they've been listening to for the past year. I guess Spotify put kind of this thing together and everybody's showing their list of things. So I, I was like, where is this coming from? And then I realized I had one too, and it was really embarrassing. And then I realized I really needed some help because it was, um, they're like, you played uh, lover boy 37 times this year. <laughs> Something like that. It was like, and apparently you really love Huey Lewis in the news. And I'm like, I, I need to get help. Im- immediately just for my playlist alone <laughs> it's it's really fucked up i'm like uh i i think i need a lot of help this 400th episode is a call for help and that's what i'm going to title it no definitely titling it uh something about the 400th and the family guy and just in the city uh both uh equaling 400 episodes how exciting on monday you know i went to get wings and i got uh pictures and with Chris and I had this time I had the regular Buffalo, the medium Buffalo and ate uh Thai chili. I think that's what it's called or sweet chili. It was delicious. The only thing I don't like about the sweet chili, it's, it gets like the barbecue. It gets really on your hands. So I can use extra napkins. The guy's like, making me like, I've never seen anybody use so much napkins. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I got to think about napkins. So now he knows, you know, I'm a big napkin guy. And I told him, you know, that, uh, you know, when I went into five napkin burger, I told those guys a lesson of respect. <laughs> so uh, but they were delicious. And then Chris got eight garlic Parmesan. So I tried two of those and they were excellent, too. Now, I don't think I'd want eight of them, but I liked having two of them. And I had about 20. I was like extra starving that day only because the wings were so delicious. It's making my mouth water as I talk about it. And yesterday or Thursday, taping this on Friday, uh, I went down the shore again with my friends victoria and lou i got pictures which i'm showing you now and i went down the shore it was freezing but that's exciting you know there's nobody there it's right off this if you've been listening to billy joel a to z it's right out of the winter's crossing and this is the time talking about the winter beach so i was like it makes sense that i'm here now and we went to this restaurant we had a good time i had the chicken parm it's a huge chicken parm and a caesar salad comes in a block so i took a picture of everything and then, you know, outside they have, because uh, Jared Kushner bought it, so they have a Christmas tree and a menorah. So I get the picture outside the menorah, you know, to make uh, everybody happy, my mother and everything. So got a lot of photos, me on the beach in the winter. It's exciting down there. I like, that's the time of the year I like going there. I mean, I like going there in the summer too, but it's great when it's quiet. I think I'd like to live down there, but again, I think I have deep-seated issues that would say, oh, I totally want to live down there. And of course, the first day that I was there, I'd be like, what have I done? I mean, I know we talked about that before, but yikes on me being so I, I gave up my apartment. Huh? Oh, I don't care. I'm good with this. I'm good with this. So let's talk about uh the two deaths, the two musical deaths 
uh, this week, right after we uh, signed off last week on our big 400th, our big 399th, uh, Irene Cara died. Jeez, I, you know, she was in fame, uh, ironically, and CNN should be canceled because on their site, they actually showed a picture of Jennifer Beals, who a lot of people thought Irene Cara was. There's two black actresses that are a little mixed, like look a little light skin, and you have her there. It might have been a video, but the thumbnail was on uh, Jennifer Beals and not Irene Cara, so I wanted to call CNN out for their actions because that's what people do nowadays. Canceled! But Irene Cara is in the movie, <clears throat> sorry, is in the movie Fame, and she's terrific in it, and of course has one of the most iconic scenes in movie history where she's uh, has to take off, you know, she's uh, the guy has to take off her top while he's filming her and she starts to cry. I mean, that's a legendary scene that every comedy show is made fun of. And this movie fame, it's like, I, I kind of want to tell the kids in my class about it and stuff. Cause I like the director. It's just so, it was so awesome. And it's, uh, and it's, you know, the way it's gritty, and, and and it's a you know it's so you you look at something like a pitch perfect you're like jesus christ you got to see fame because this is a really gritty example of the high school of the performing arts kids that sing and dance in a completely different way that makes more sense for this time than pitch perfect does and kind of like the society we live in now but uh, fame the movie fame if you haven't seen it it's really really terrific and gritty like i said and takes place at the high school of the performing arts in manhattan but you know, and it's very diverse in its ethnicities and all everybody who performs there and stuff. It's got fat and skinny and black and white and Asian and gay and straight. And it's all over the place. And that's 1980. And that's pretty interesting. That's what makes it so cool. Irene Kara sings the theme song Fame, which is amazing. And then she sings this song called Out Here on My Own, which is one of the first things when I got my piano, I started playing because I love it. so good and she sings that and i think she might sing another so i think she was hot hot lunch whatever so she was you know should have been a huge star after that but things didn't work out but then she got to sing the theme to flash dance what everybody thought jennifer beals was her which is kind of funny like why not use her since jennifer beals who became an okay actress i guess but mostly just because she's good looking is awful in that that's a horrible movie flash dance or an unwatchable movie uh, but she couldn't dance, she couldn't act, and she couldn't sing. So she had body doubles for the dancing, but uh, I guess they let her do the acting, and she had a body double for the singing. So it's kind of funny that Jennifer Beals it was that crappy. You know, why not just use Irene Cara? Like why, why not give her another chance? She was so good in fame. I'm not exactly sure why she didn't work again. 
I probably should have looked more into this of what happened and quite frankly why she died pretty young and assume she was I don't know around my age I don't know in her, maybe in her mid 60s or something or early 60s I, I don't know that movie came out in the 80s and she was supposed to be 17 I mean maybe I was just two years younger I don't know but that was sad you know when somebody uh everybody likes nobody doesn't nobody didn't like Irene Cara what a feeling that flash dance song it's sick uh also Christine McVie died talking about the opposite of a, a female singer in the sense of I don't think Irene Cara wrote any of the songs she sang this Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac who who died you know she's in her 70s but wow you know I'm teaching a class I know we keep bringing it up but it's something that's happening it's very exciting on the fact that there's a woman director who was directing in the 80s that nobody talks about and here we have an example of a woman who was this amazing songwriter and leaves us with songs we absolutely all know to this day and will know forever a legacy of songwriting songs but just not under her name uh well technically her married name i guess but you know it's just unbelievable you had her and stevie nicks and the two women are the prolific songwriters in the group and and Fleetwood Mac got all its accolades and everybody knows that it's just it seems like we should focus more on it because that's unheard of for the women women to write the songs in a band you know you basically have and you can't count Cheryl Crow because she's a singer songwriter performer of her own women in a band you basically only have Stevie Nicks Christine McVie and Chrissy Hines the go-go's don't count because they're all women but i'm saying if you're the you're in a band blondie didn't write her own music you know the guy wrote it uh that girl from scandal uh you know uh the one who married john McEnroe. i don't think she patty pat uh i can't think of her name patty ah of course you're screaming it out now i know who it is uh but she didn't write her own stuff. You know, the guys did. So that's why this is a miracle that Christine McVie wrote so much. And apparently she said it came so easy to her too. And there's such good songs and they're so cool and they groove. She wrote excellent. She wrote excellent songs. I mean, really good, smooth songs that are, you know, rock and not rock. Very much like Steely Dan. Like, you know, I don't think she had a hand of producing them, but I don't know. And then you got to hand it to this Fleetwood Mac. We were talking about this last night. You know, when you think about it, I think I've mentioned this multiple times. Talk about Stuart Copeland, right? This fucking idiot, this drummer from the police. You know, you find Sting. You find, you get a find like a Sting. He comes with bearing gifts of songs that will be classics for the rest of time. And you're angry because he's getting all the accolades. Well, that makes you an idiot. You're a drummer. You hire a singer who's good looking and talented. And he's taken and he's taken. I mean, the police could have gone on forever. if Stuart Copeland just kept his mouth stupid shut. And Stuart Copeland's a great drummer and an amazing musician. But, you know, when you find this guy, this miracle of existence, you keep your mouth shut. And that's what Mick Fleetwood did. I mean, this guy is a genius. He found these other guys. The Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, and the Christian McVie and John McVie, and he goes, "Well, we'll just use my name though for the uh, for the band, uh, but you guys can write all the songs, and I'll just sit back." And I remember seeing him in concert. He didn't even play the drums anymore. He was just sitting there and just walking around, being like, "Yeah, that's right. These are my songs. I'm Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac. As far as you're concerned, I wrote all these songs, but he didn't. He just sat back and enjoyed the ride." Man, you can't hope for that. It's something in your life that's going to come by and they're just going to take you on the journey. You keep your mouth shut. Like, why? How come I'm not up front? He's like, he's, he was smart. He's like, I'm just a drummer and I'm weird looking. I got to relax. I'll make a lot of money and it'll be cool and everybody will think I wrote it. Relax. <laughs> I mean, she wrote most of the songs on Rumors. And when they put out her greatest, the Fleetwood Mac's greatest hits, Christine McVie, wrote half of the album so that was uh sad i had just seen them in concert just before she died i got very lucky i saw tom petty the eagles and fleetwood back just before 
one of their most important band members died in uh, Glenn Fry, Christine McPhee, and Tom Petty. I got lucky that I saw them all in concert just before. And that never happens. You're like, ah, man, I wish I had seen them in concert more. Well, I did it because it was one of those things. You know how I hate leaving the house where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make some moves this year. I'm going to see a bunch of concerts. Just like this year, I said, I'm going to see Devil's Games once a month. And now I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I don't feel like seeing it anymore. So one of the other things that came up today is that uh, it's the 40th anniversary of the Thriller album. One of the things that came up today in music as well. And, you know, whatever Michael Jackson did or what we'll remember him for is you still have to hand it to this unbelievable album. They went in after all, him and Quincy Jones went in after the uh, off the wall album and said, this time we want to make every song a hit. Let's see if we can make an album where every song is the hit. And they released what seven of the nine, but I'm sure they could have released the other two songs as well. But you're like, ah, let's give it a rest. I mean, the album was on for two years or whatever. And they were taught. And what's really interesting about this, Steve Lukather, Steve Lukather. Well, you probably don't know that name, but that guy is from Toto. And apparently Michael Jackson called him and said, I want to make an album. Now, this makes a lot of sense because I believe the Toto four album had won the won all the awards, you know, one best album of the year, the year before Thriller with Africa and Rosanna. So he calls this guy and he says, hey, can you help us make this album? Guy from fucking Toto helped make Thriller. That's unbelievable when you think about it. So while they were making the album, Lukather had two of his Toto bandmates come in and they wrote Human Nature. And I guess Quincy Jones was there. He's like, hey, that's pretty good. And they're like, no, it's not. And then they had Michael sing it. And they were just saying what a real good person Michael Jackson was to work. He was very shy. It was weird, but he was a worker. And once he started singing it and put all his energy into it, it was like, I guess this is good. I guess Quincy knows. But the guys from Toto helped write Thriller, which I never knew before. That's so weird. And But it makes a lot of sense because they had just won the Grammy for Album of the Year. So why wouldn't you call the people that just won it and say, I'd like some help? And the guy, Lukather, is the exact example of what we're talking about where they bought an Eddie Van Halen to do the riffs on Beat It. And he was like, that's cool, because he's a guitar player. He was playing all the guitar parts, except for they're like, well, maybe we should call Eddie and just have him do it. I mean, this guy totally got it. That's why we never heard of him before. And he just takes the accolades for being on the album and getting some of the money from the album, probably. So go figure that Toto makes a break. They were also talking about, because the guys, some of the engineers were talking like, you know, Paul McCartney came in and those guys were doing a Stevie Wonder song. And out of that came The Girl Is Mine. And that was the first single. Obviously, we could talk about that album forever because it's fascinating. Michael's fascinating in no matter how we judge him now. But the fact of the matter is, whatever it is, that album is a miracle of existence and his voice and his unbelievable effort. And then, of course, they were talking about how the videos just raised it to this next level, which, of course, is true. I mean... I, you know, do you think Thriller would be that big if not for the music videos also promoting it? I mean, that's insane. And, you know, after I've talked about this before, because this is how I made Turbocharge, that album comes out. And then uh, Mutt Lang goes to Def Leppard and says, hey, let's make every song a hit on this album. You know, let's make more than Thriller. And they came up with the Hysteria album and they almost did it. They might have equaled the seven songs. Hysteria by Def Leppard. Everybody was getting the idea. No, let's just make a bunch of hits. And then somehow they're able to do it. And then Toto was never heard from again. I don't know what happened there, but uh, I find all that musical stuff fascinating. I thought it was a good idea to put on the 400, play a couple of clips, play a couple of little music interludes, and, you know, just call it a day. So anyway, um, I think that's the show for today. And this is our 400th. I think, I mean, Alec was amazing. So I was really happy with that. And I think we got through everything I needed to get through today. It's the holiday season. And I don't know what's on tap for this week. I don't know. I don't care. 
Billy Joel. I think we're releasing the Bridge album wrap up. Good times, <laughs> but it is good time. And I'm not sure who's going to be on the uh, Tuesday show tonight or whatever, but whatever. This is Just Guy on the City. Who knows what's planned for next year, 2023, Just Guy on the City will survive. We'll just wait for the big 500 episode in two years. And it is funny. I was looking for the 300th because that's where I had that love boat clip with Gilbert and Dave. And that's from about November, December 2020. So, yeah, because I make 52 ep- no, f- f- I make fifty episodes a year. So every two years is going to be a 100th anniversary, I guess. Makes a hell of a lot of sense. 50 episodes a year of just absolute nonsense. Can you believe it? Bugs Bunny talk and... <laughs> <laughs> just you know movies that no one cares about anymore except me and hopefully you so that's our show thank you so much for being a, a listener or a fan of this show the night uh, the, the night fly just got in the city and me and thank you if you're a patreon subscriber thank you so much for your help and your support over these uh, past couple of years and i just can't wait to if, if this show was all over the place it's confusing that's why family guy was smart they're like we're just making it a regular show i i guess i got confused next week will be a, a normal back to what we need to do podcast that you all love but uh you gotta do something for the 400th even if it's this isn't how you make your living or whatever it is you know you have to do something to commemorate 400 episodes of me talking for an hour and a half <laughs> so anyway have a great week everybody we'll see you as december rolls along on our 401st episode next week on just gal in the city have a great week everybody wait that was some show huh yeesh